Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hey everyone, here is Daniel with another episode of our Ecom show. And uh, today I'm here with Damiano from uh, the distant Montreal. Um, how are you, Damiano? Good, good. Thank you for having me, Daniel. Super happy to be on the show. Yeah, I'm really happy to have you here. We know each other for a while and uh, mm-hmm. we are both in uh, a mastermind, the BMI group. I'm sure many listeners, they, uh, they know this group. And uh, you are a serial entrepreneur. You have uh, several businesses. Last time we just discussed, you are not only in e-commerce, you have a seven-figure uh, e-commerce agency. But besides le- that, you are a big dog lover and you uh, just joined the business in this uh, industry as well. Maybe a later about this. Um, yeah, so before we jump into e-commerce uh, and, and your agency and what you do, so share a bit about your personal story. How did you end up in, in marketing and, uh, and actually development, right? I think that's much yeah. bigger for you. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, I started off, um, I guess, like in the online digital world, really in 2015, when it comes to like my career. I'd always been super interested in you know, websites and technology in general. But um, when I was in school, I just never had the grades to go to like a computer science program or even a business program for that, uh, for that matter. So um, I got a kind of a useless degree that I did nothing with after. Um, and um, literally after I finished school, I, I started sort of like seeing how I can um, create a career for myself uh, in mm-hmm. digital marketing or in um, e-commerce. And, and that's really kind of what I was interested in. Um, and so it was, uh, it was a lot of trial and error, but in 2016, um, I joined Fiverr um, on the Fiverr platform. I became a, a freelancer on Fiverr, um, and it was really that uh, sort of journey that helped me catapult us into what we are today. So Fiverr really allowed me to own my skills and to work with real clients. And so you know, when I started, I didn't know anything about e-commerce. I didn't know anything about marketing or anything about like um, website building or anything like that. Um, and so when I started off on Fiverr, um, I was selling Shopify stores for like $30. And so, you know, some people like listen to that and they're like, well, that's how are you making money? I wasn't right. The first few months I wasn't making any money. It was just to learn sort of the process of like how it worked to build a Shopify store, which is a skill that I learned by watching YouTube videos. Um, and then very quickly, you know, within the third month, I, I got pretty good at it. More, more and more people started coming my way. And so I brought up the prices and, um, you know, the, that first year on Fiverr, I, I remember I, I made my first like six figure year, like uh, over 100K. And it was like, I never thought that I could make that kind of money by myself. And yeah, um, we've kind of scaled from that point on. And now, now the agency is three years old. Um, so we are a team of uh, 46 at the moment. Um, we have three offices in Toronto, Kingston and, and Montreal. We don't build Shopify stores for $30 anymore. Um, <laughs> it's quite quite a bit more than that. That would now, be many but, uh, stores. <laughs> Yeah, 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 100%. Um, but yeah, so so our agency here at Startup Slang, we really we specialize in the entire supply chain of the e-commerce journey for, for our merchants. And so we start with design, then we go to development, and we also offer marketing 
and content production services. Um, we are a full stack e-commerce agency. And I think that there's something um, really special that comes with that um, just because we keep everything in-house and under one roof. And so a lot of our clients come to us specifically for that. Um, whereas a lot of agencies like to specialize in specific parts of e-commerce, uh, we're very much more of like generalists. Um, and so we, we can help with a little bit of everything, including operations mm -hmm. and automations and things like that as well. Yeah, so I, I would have a few questions. So regarding Fiverr, uh, why Fiverr? I'm really curious. Well, you know, Fiverr is the largest freelancing marketplace in the world. Um, I think the way that the Fiverr platform is built is very good for beginners. Um, and so if you're someone who really doesn't know where to start, doesn't know anything, Fiverr gives a chance to everyone. You know, I like to think of Fiverr really as the one of the freest expressions of the capitalist market that we have today. Um, you know, if your work is good, you're going to do good on the platform. If your work is bad, you won't. It's as simple as that. Um, and so I think Fiverr for me was really um, uh, kind of a starting point to get those initial clients and to get those initial orders. Um, and just like many other Fiverr sellers, I've grown my business outside of Fiverr as well um, to, to other platforms and, and other ways of doing things. And so, but I'm super grateful to the Fiverr platform for, for making that happen. And I'm still on Fiverr as a pro seller today. Um, and I work with their executive team and, and all, all sorts of people at Fiverr to sort of improve, improve the platform for sellers and buyers. Um, and so to me, Fiverr has a really close uh, sort of like relationship in my heart. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's, that's kind of like why I started there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's similar uh, for you than uh, for us Upwork because um, mm -hmm. we have around 40% of our incoming clients. They originally come from Upwork and then we get referrals and so on. And uh, we just became top rated plus and uh, we nice. want to upgrade now to... I don't know what's the name of the next level, like expert vetted or something like that um so yeah it's it's really interesting um so also i'm really curious you mentioned you are you you have this generalist approach and uh what are the pros and cons of that and what do you think who should work with uh this kind of agency and who shouldn't who should rather pick more like a specialist agency let's say just like like our agency because we focus on retention like email and and loyalty and uh, we do CRO as well but we are not a full stack while you are so what are the pros and cons in your, in your opinion yeah absolutely i mean um any sort of like agency that has like the full gamut the full um e-commerce sort of supply chain is what i like to call it uh, in terms of services um there are going to be some services that they're definitely better than others at like for us, because we really started with design and development, we're definitely stronger at design and development. Um, and then I would say anything related to that in terms of like CRO and optimization, that's really like where we shine. Um, anything that's like more like marketing and stuff, that's really a new service for us that we've sort of started adding this year. Um, and so obviously we don't have as much experience as you know, someone like you, for example, who has been doing email marketing and, and optimization for I don't know how many years now and really specializing in that. Um, I think in a lot of cases, you just kind of have to like really look at the, the, the way that the company is structured. Um, I don't think there's like a better or worse, but I think it's just yeah. about where the resources of the company go toward, towards in, in terms of improving the process. Because at the end of the day, as agency owners, our clients and our merchants are coming to us really paying for the process that we've built. 
um, that can help their business. And in a lot of cases, when they hire an agency, they think they're just hiring talent or they're hiring people. But what you're really paying for is that process. Um, yeah. And so I think, you know, in terms of pros and cons, there are certain processes within agencies that are just better for certain services than they are than others. And I think a lot of like vetting the, the company and really making sure that they have your best interest in mind in getting you the results that you need at whatever specific area that you're trying to get the results in. That's the most important part. Our clients come to us. I mean, our name is Startup Science, so we do work with a lot of startups. So our clients come to us really for anywhere from that like operational side. We're really strong at operations. We can help people with you know fulfillment, uh, automations, um, all sorts of stuff that would help make their business just more streamlined in general. That's really our strength. Um, and then that sort of like uh, evolves into a growth package um, where we bring in uh, marketing retainers and we bring in um, all sorts of like ongoing services that we can also offer. Uh, but we always like to start with the design development and optimization, anything that we do. So our approach is a little bit more different than a traditional marketing agency. That's yeah. 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 You are really strong in the operational side and development side of things. You said. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, have you ever uh, started your own e-commerce business? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I, I own equity in a number of e-commerce businesses right now. Um, I try to keep it within Canada just because this is, this is where I am, and I like to I like to get my hands dirty with the businesses that I that I'm involved in. Um, and so, yeah, not right now. Uh, I'm working on um, an e-commerce store for a pharmaceutical brand um, here in Montreal. Um, we're also getting into the pet space. We're getting into the plant space as well. Um, so a number of e-commerce ventures that we're sort of working on. For sure. Okay, that's yeah. great. Um, so let's talk about a few case studies that you have. Last time you told me that you have a case study in the furniture industry. So mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. So furniture has really been one of our strengths. Like that's one of the the industries that we love working with furniture businesses. Uh, furniture businesses love us because we've done it so many times now that we've really there are money in Canada, time. right? Because there are there is yeah. a lot of foods, I guess. <laughs> as yeah, simple I mean, as that. Yeah, all over the world. I mean, like we have furniture merchants in the US, Canada, we have some in Spain, we have some in the UK, uh, some in Asia as well. And so um it is great because like we've been able to work with furniture merchants a little bit everywhere and we really notice that they all have the same problems. Um, and so once you solve the problems for one of them, it becomes a lot easier for mm -hmm. other ones. But we're yeah. doing some really innovative stuff in this space as well. Like we are um, connecting, you know, I think one of the one of the great things about Startup Slang is we have a massive network of over 4,000 merchants at this point. Um, and so we know a lot of them. We have personal relationships with them. And so we routinely go out to sort of connect merchants with each other. And one of the things we were able to do is um, we were able to actually find a new revenue stream for a furniture business in the US where, where they basically connected with a mobile game um, that people use to, it's just a game where they can like uh, develop their own like home decor. Um, and it's kind of like the Sims, but you only uh, furnish like a home. Um, and what we did is we basically connected uh, a furniture store with this uh, mobile game. And now people from the game can actually purchase furniture in the game using currency from the game. Um, but from this Shopify Plus store that we've built um, and that you know belongs to this, this furniture brand. Um, because there's about 3 million people a day that play that game, um, it has been a pretty good source of uh, extra revenue for them. Um, and I think you know any merchant that's looking to work with an agency, 
um, they, they should really like look out for agencies that are trying to have more of like an innovative uh, approach yeah. to what they're doing. You know, what we did with this furniture merchant had never been done before. It has never been done ever since. However, the results have been pretty awesome. Um, and so now we're really sort of like seeing like what kind of new innovative marketing channels we can, we can use um, and where can we bring technology as part of those uh, new marketing channels for a lot of the, the furniture brands that we work with. Um, and so that's the, that's the main thing that, that we've done in that case with that case study. Yeah, really interesting. So was it built by your team, the, the software itself? Yeah, 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 100%. So we built, a, we built a Shopify app that connects from the mobile game to a Shopify Plus store. We built a Shopify Plus store as well. We made sure that the entire connection mm -hmm. works. And now we're supporting that on a 24-7 basis um, just because, you know, when there's million, millions of people using a, a piece of software, you need a team that's there uh, to make sure it doesn't go down and that everything works correctly. And so we are sort of like um, offering ongoing services to that client as well. Um, to make sure that you know everything works correctly. And as far as I know, you also for software development for uh, for stores, right? Because okay, website is one thing, but I think uh, apps are becoming even more popular. Every yeah. big merchants and and stores they want to have their own apps because they can customize the experience even more than with a Shopify website. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, that's sort of what we're seeing with our bigger merchants as well. So anyone who's on Shopify Plus and uh, really is looking to make those streamlined decisions, in a lot of cases, you will need some private apps. Um, companies like us that specialize in development and, and, and design and stuff, we, we're really good at that. So we've built a number of private apps. Um, we're getting into the public app space on Shopify as well later this year. Uh, we're taking a part of the 2021 Shopify app challenge. Uh, where Shopify has challenged a bunch of agencies to come up with an app in six weeks. And so uh, that's something that we're, we're avidly working on. Um, and so, yeah, definitely a strength and definitely something that um, a lot of merchants might not think about. But as you scale your operations, there is always a need for automation and streamlining processes. And working with an agency that can help you identify those needs and figure out what the technology is required for you to, to do that um, is really key. I mean, like I've, I've had certain clients that I've worked with where you know, we came into their agency, um, we built a private app for them and that saved them like 12 people's jobs, right? Like it was like they were using manual processes for 12 people before we built this app for them. And so in a lot of cases, it, it allows them to kind of take that talent and put it elsewhere in the company where they can yeah. really help the company uh, grow and scale instead of taking care of repetitive manual processes in a lot of yeah, cases. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and how about Checkout Booster? So I know it's mm -hmm. your little baby and uh, tell us more about this, uh, this tool. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, Checkout Booster is a service that we started um, earlier this year um, and it's very simple. I mean, when you run a marketing campaign to a Shopify store or anything mm -hmm. like that, um, you're going to have a lot of people that are just not going to go through the entire funnel, right? They, you get a lot of abandoned checkouts. Um, and we noticed that a lot of these clients, they had, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in their abandoned checkouts that were just waiting there. Um, and right now, if you want to recover an abandoned checkout, there's a few ways to do that, right? You can send an abandoned checkout email, you can send an SMS. That's kind of where the touch points stop, right? Um, and so with, with uh, abandoned checkout booster, what we did is we leveraged our team in the Philippines. So we actually have um, a team of 10 in Philippines that works with startup sign. 
Um, and what we started doing is we started calling up um, these abandoned carts. And one of the things we started noticing is that there's three outcomes when you call your abandoned cart clients. They either complete the transaction that they had in the abandoned cart, or even better, you can upsell them on certain things um, and really help give that extra customer service touch point uh, to get them to complete the transaction. Or if they don't want to complete the transaction, you get the reason why they don't want to complete it. And that's just really good data to help you sort of improve your funnel. So we started offering this service to clients um, sort of on, all, on an ongoing basis. And um, we started seeing that it was doubling the conversion rates on a lot of the marketing activities that we were running. So whether it's Facebook ads or email marketing or Google ads or whatever it is, our conversion rate with Checkout Booster was double what it was like just without it. And so that's where the idea of our new app that we're launching on the Shopify app store really came from. So we're going to be launching an app um, over the next few weeks called Abandoned Cart Caller. Um, and Abandoned Cart Caller is essentially our Checkout Booster service, but turned into an app. Um, and so at this point, it really does everything that you need uh, in terms of abandoned carts. Like you can have, you know, Clavio send like a, a, an abandoned cart email. You can use something like SMS bump to send uh, like an SMS. And now we have the missing piece, which is if that cart still didn't convert, um, we're going to call them and we're going to find out why or we're going to get them to, to actually do it. And so merchants have seen really good results from it and we're super excited. Um, and we're actually starting to offer it on Fiverr as well later this month. So we're working with Fiverr um, to make sure that that's a brand new service that uh, we're bringing over to the, to the market right now. Yeah. Okay. So let's say I have an e-commerce store and I install this app. And then what happens mm -hmm. after? Your uh, people will call my uh, potential customers? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So what we'll do first is uh, we'll usually book a call with the merchant um, just to make sure that we get all of the, uh, the business's points correct and that we're not like missing anything uh, if there's any sort of like important um, um, like uh, promotion or campaigns that they want to highlight or any sort of like products that they want to upsell we make sure that we get all of that that usually takes about 45 minutes it's just like a very quick call uh, with a merchant so our approach is very much um, it, it's, it's very tailored to the merchant um, mm -hmm. and then after that uh, we basically start calling um, and so every day there's there's a certain number of abandoned carts um, that that end up there and the idea with the abandoned carts is that you want to call them as quickly as possible um, and so we try to call them either the same day or the next day um, and then through that we start gathering the data so either they complete their transaction they get upsold or we get the data on why they don't want to complete the transaction which is also just as valuable um, yeah and so basically we just take it from there and it's a very automated system um, in our app you'll actually be able to see how many calls we're doing there's recordings of every single call um, and there's also analytics on how many of those checkouts actually converted, um, the data on why they didn't want to convert, uh, and anything like that, that the merchant can then use to make good decisions on how to optimize their, their funnel. Um, okay, makes yeah. sense. Are you thinking about adding SMS as well or only voice for now? Um, I don't think we need to add SMS or email for that matter, yeah. uh, just because there are other players in the game that are doing it much better than us. Um, we are very much focused on voice calling right now. Um, okay. And I think that's really that's really the missing piece at the moment. So we're focusing mostly on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So the last time you also mentioned that uh, there is a, you know, three pillars. So products, product, content, conversion, and Absolutely. tell us more about these three columns. Yeah, I mean, like we, we have worked with 
something like over 2,000 merchants in the last like um, three years. And one of the things we realized is that, you know, a lot, I'm not going to lie, like most of the people listening to this show are, are agency owners. So you should all know most of those businesses are dead, right? Like most of the businesses that we work with as startups will die, right? Only one out of four. Especially Shopify, right? Especially uh, Shopify. Stores, that's right? my experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and sort of by seeing that journey, especially on Fiverr, right? Like I would work super hard on a store and literally two months later, it's gone. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things I realized is that there's really most of the people that failed, they tend to miss steps as to what they need to get done in order to launch their e-commerce brand. Um, and so we kind of narrowed it down to three main steps that you have to follow and you should follow in order to have a, a higher success rate with your brand. Uh, the first step is really product. And that's everything that goes yeah. around the product, right? The product itself, the quality, the packaging, the fulfillment, the delivery time, all of that is super, super important. And I think that if you don't figure that out at the beginning, you are doing a disservice to your brand and to your product and to your customers by jumping on to the next step, which could be the website or the funnel or the marketing, right? Um, and so we really start with the product and as the first pillar. The second pillar is really the content. So once you figure out everything about the product, how do you want to portray that product, right? Videos, like photos, any sort of like text, like whatever you need. Like we really like foc focus on that content piece of it and make sure that we have everything necessary um, to make sure that it's talking to the right audience. By the time you've gotten to this point, it gets a lot simpler to move over to the, to the third pillar, which is conversion. And conversion is the actual website. It's the final part of the funnel where, you know, people are actually going to be interacting. Mm -hmm. um, with your with your product and you want to make sure that they're actually converting. But because you've done that initial work of making sure that the customer experience and the product experience is perfect and that the content is really speaking to your audience, by the time to, you get to the conversion piece, you have a much higher success rate. And so we like to have our clients go through that journey. So usually when we have a client coming to us and going like, oh, I want to build, um, I want to build a, a Shopify store and I have this product. All right, well, let's figure out, have you really thought about this product? And have you really thought about the packaging and the experience and the customer service and all that? Do you have any content for this? And we don't usually work with merchants that haven't done that initial work. Um, and so in a lot of cases, uh, if they come to us for a website, which a lot of people do, they'll come to us and they'll be like, oh, I absolutely need a website for my product. Some people will come to us for a website when they don't even have a product, right? Hmm. Um, and they're just setting themselves up for failure from, at that point. Yeah. So, so those are kind of like the three pillars that we like to follow. Um, and, and we found that as long as you're following those three pillars in, in the right way, um, you can actually build an, any e-commerce business uh, to the best of, you know, it's, you know, it's quality. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, you mentioned you work with uh, more than 2,000 e-commerce stores. And mm -hmm. just a few days ago, I created a presentation for our partners. And uh, I put in that we work with more than 70. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, we also have uh, almost three years of history. So mm -hmm. I'm really curious, uh, how did you get to 2000? Because uh, I also 100%. want to work with more. So how? Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the things you have to keep in mind is that we actually started off on Fiverr, right? And so we get huge volumes on Fiverr. Um, uh -huh. The orders might be a lot smaller, for sure. Um, they're done in just a few days. However, the volume is massive. We got about 150 merchants a day reaching out to us on Fiverr. Um, and so we convert a lot of those and we make sure that um, the best ones we want to keep working with in the longer term. Um, but, you know, like that number is uh, is definitely not 2,000. Um, it's 2,000 merchants as a whole over the last three years. A lot of them came through Fiverr. Um, however, the merchants that we decide to work with 
Uh, there's about 100 of them. Um, and those are the ones that we work with longer term. They're larger merchants in a lot of cases. Um, and they yeah. sort of like funnel into the agency as opposed to the, the Fiverr account where in a lot of cases, it could be people that are dabbling with Shopify, people that are trying out maybe one product or a dropshipping store or, or something like that. Um, but they're a merchant regardless. And we, we learn from them and we help them out. And if they yeah, do great, so they do great. And if they don't, they don't. If I understand correctly on Fiverr, you have a lot of smaller companies with smaller tasks let's say and if you see them as a good fit then they can become an agency client something right. like that mm -hmm. right. yeah okay yeah, much. and our, our offers that we have on fiverr are also very much more standardized um, and so it makes it easier for our clients i mean they when they work with us as an agency it's a very custom offer that they'll get where we have to go to a discovery session it's, it's just a different process different people uh, on fiverr it's it's very simple you go to our fiverr page Uh, if you need a, a Shopify store for you know 40 hours worth of work or something like that, you just place your order and we'll get it done. And it's it's standardized and it, it gets done every time. It's mm -hmm. a pretty good result at the end. And so a lot of merchants, especially the ones that are starting out, that's what they want. And you, you do a uh, uh, white label as well, right? If I know well. Uh, we don't actually do white label. I mean, like it it depends. We're all we're always open to the to the conversation, but for us to do white label uh it really it, it would have to be worth it so um we would have to have like pretty good volume for us to to be able to do that uh yeah in a good way and it's also because a lot of our processes are actually like um like people at startup line are really proud about working for startup line and so like a lot of our processes are like were developed within our company here and so it's very difficult for us to white label for for another company and be like Use this process yeah. like, and, and then not be able to explain where it came from. So um, that's why like it, it, it really depends. Like we do white label for a couple of other larger agencies, but we, we usually ask for larger volumes for us to be able to do that. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. We, we just launched our white label program like two weeks ago because I could see that our delivery is pretty uh, streamlined at the moment and it would help our sales. So we really standardized this and uh, now actually many other agencies contacted us and now we filter them to you know get they to onboard them and they basically sell our services and actually in many cases it's not even white label more like a partnership they just sell yeah. it for us basically um yeah, absolutely yeah so we have a partner program as well for for other agencies that want to mm -hmm. send over their clients this way in a lot of cases it, it still makes sense i mean our, the commission that we pay to the agency that sends us clients is pretty good and in a lot of cases it's just the same as the profit margin that you will make off the project anyways and you don't have to worry about the project in a lot of cases and so um yeah yeah like our, our partnership program is it's pretty strong we have a we have a really good network of agencies sending us clients on a regular basis so that uh, helps as well Yeah, just a recent story uh, from last week. So we offer CRO services and uh, an agency approached us from Florida, Miami, and uh, they sent us an offer without even talking to us. And the price was double as double of the usual price. What, and same, same amount of work, same scope of work, a CRO mm -hmm. audit, which takes like three weeks. And they offered double the price of what we usually ask for. And uh, they seem to be a great partner so far. So we, we will see. We will nice. see. Uh, let's talk about CRO a bit. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we have some uh, common or mutual mutual story about this with one client, but let's not mm-hmm. talk about that for now. So website development and CRO, where is the borderline? Is there a borderline? What's your opinion about it? Um, I mean, it really depends on what perspective you take to, to sort of look at it. I think, especially when it comes to e-commerce, um, you know, conversion rate optimization or CRO is is key to just building the store in general. Um, and so when we take design, for example, um, when we go through a design phase, we actually take the user experience into account. I think any good designer should do that. Um, but more than the user experience is also the call to action, sort of like what you want the user to do on the website. Um, and our e-commerce store is to place an order and to actually buy a product. And so um, CRO for me, it really comes down to decreasing the amount of cognitive load that you are creating in the customer's mind when they are... Yeah navigating through the experience that they have on your on your website um and the way that you do that is you know it's, it's in a number of ways but i think it really starts with really good design um if you get the design of the website right then everything else becomes a lot easier um and then everything else um yeah. in terms of development should, should basically follow um the the design that that, that is based on data and, and your assumptions on, on what would work and then the other thing that's really important is once you're done with like the development side of things um, the CRO work is not done, as I'm sure you know. Um, you have to be tracking the user behavior, right? Like any any good platform, uh, any any good website needs to do that. But you need to know how people are using your website and if there are any drop-off points or, or friction points. Um, and so I think development and design are really just a part of CRO. Um, I don't know if there's like a, necessarily a, a delineation or, or, or a difference between the two, um, but the you kind of need to take both into account if you just want to do good CRO in general. Yeah, I totally agree. And mm-hmm. on our side, we have a great uh, data analyst in the team. We have a developer mm-hmm. and we have creative people like designer, copywriter. And uh, I think where we excel is really connecting data and understanding it with the creative and the UX. So we can see in analytics that uh, there is a drop-off point here and then we connect it with the UX on that particular page, let's say, or because of this call to action, or I don't know, let's change the copy, let's use less tabs, and then the data will change as well, conversion increases and and all of that. So 100%, 100%. I I think these two things are in in, um, hand, hand in hand CRO and website development. For yeah, sure. For sure. And, and we have clients where we don't really do UX, actually. We, we, have, mm-hmm. a, we have a skincare brand from the US where uh, their, U, U, their UX is amazing. Uh, the user experience is amazing. But their, the way how they collected data, it was terrible. So we mm-hmm. had to set up uh, analytics from scratch again. They had a lot of uh, recharge subscribers. So, and they couldn't see these in uh, analytics. So we needed some uh, dev dev work. Um, So, you know, a lot of technical things and and we just set those up and now we can measure things uh, well. Uh, Also, they wanted an attribution modeling. Uh, We just did that. So it's not always all about the UX, but uh, data is, is important as well. Yeah, um, and and you know, like the other yeah. the other piece is also the customer service aspect of it. A lot of people forget that, but like the experience that your customer has with your brand yeah. will 
affect your conversions and your repeat purchases and your average order value. Um, and so in a lot of cases, just making sure that every touch point of that journey is taken care of and that it's optimized as, as much as possible and that you're learning um, from what's not working. That's that's essentially zero yeah. in my mind at least. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, is there anything that you would add? Anything that I would add? Um, <laughs> I mean, so we, we spoke about a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, the, like a lot of people listening to the show are, are agency owners and maybe in the marketing field or in the e-commerce field. And um, I think the most important thing to keep in mind is just that if you are going down the e-commerce route and you are starting an e-commerce agency, um, even if it's a development agency, you can never forget about the conversion rate optimization component and you can never forget about marketing. Um, and so in a lot of development agencies, are they like to just focus on development and be developers, but yeah. I don't think that can apply in the e-commerce field. Um, and so yeah. it's something that I think a lot of us need to think about in, in the development space at least. Yeah, I also know, not many, but I know a few dev agencies in e-commerce and they tend to be very technical and uh, not mm -hmm. taking care of the marketing side of things and uh, let's say human side of things. So that shouldn't be ignored either uh, in e-commerce. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, uh, that's, that's, that's definitely what I would add. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Damian. Um, if anyone wants to find you and your company, uh, where they should go? Um, startupslang.com. Um, it's usually the best place to sort of find us. You can also find me on Fiverr at Damiano, our store. Um, always there, always happy to work with startups there, but if you're a larger brand, definitely come to our website at startupslang.com. Amazing. Yeah, thank you again and thanks everyone who listened to us today. Every Thursday we are we come out with a new uh, episode and uh, yeah, thanks again. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Daniel. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.